0: It's always really interesting raising money. I think it's an uncomfortable conversation, but as a founder with an idea, you have to go in knowing that you are giving people an opportunity to be a part of something so much bigger. And not all money is created equal. You really have to find the right partner who is aligned in the vision and roadmap for the years.
1: Welcome to the Boss Babe podcast, a place where we share with you the real behind the scenes of building successful businesses, achieving peak performance, and learning how to balance it all. I'm Danielle Canty, president and co-founder of Boss Babe, and your host for this episode. Now today I am interviewing Diana Cohen, founder of Crown Affair. Now if you're not familiar with Crown Affair, it's actually a high quality hair care line aimed to help people easily incorporate essentials into their everyday hair care routine. Now, when we think of self-care, we tend to think of our skincare routine, right? At least I know I certainly did. But what Diana realized was that most women neglect their hair when it comes to their beauty routines. So she set out to help women reconnect with their hair by creating a brand that offers good quality hair care that's simple and easily accessible to everyone. She really wanted to disrupt larger industries by creating a unique line where Each product is designed with intention and meaning. And in this interview, Diana will break down her journey of actually identifying a gap in the market to formulating a product to finally launching her own product line she'll also give us some insight into her approach on raising money because we all know let's face it it can actually be one of the harder parts of building a business and money can certainly be uncomfortable to talk about but what i loved in this interview is that diana really explains so well that money is not created equally and you'll find out what i mean by that during the interview because we talk about how to find the right investor who understands your brand and your values and who wants to be a part of that bigger vision. And what I really love about Diana is that she saw an opportunity in the market and tried something new, knowing that there was potential to fail, but she took a risk, trusted her gut, and has built, and is still doing so, a successful product-based business. So this episode is truly amazing, and I know you're gonna leave so, so inspired, feeling like you can achieve any goals you have, big or small, And I'll add, also learn about a great hair care routine, which is something I also took away from this episode. So with that, let's jump right into the episode with Diana. And as always, please take a screenshot and share your biggest takeaways on Insta Stories tagging me at daniellecanti and at bossbay.inc.
2: Okay just quickly I need to drop in and share something so so exciting with you. In fact I have never ever done this in my whole career but you guys asked so I decided it's time. I am hosting a completely free video challenge. It's 10 days to monetizing your small audience and it's kicking off on August 31st. Listen I don't know if you know this, but you don't need hundreds of thousands of followers to make hundreds of thousands of dollars. I say it all the time, but now I really want to prove it to you by handholding you to help you get your own massive results. Even if you have a tiny audience. So, this is for you if you have less than 10,000 followers, are struggling to attract your ideal clients, and are really unsure how to sell to or monetize your current audience. My guess is that you're constantly on the follower roller coaster, are pushing so hard yet making no sales, or in fact, you might just be completely neglecting social media because it's so frustrating you might be putting something out there and having no one engage with it, so just feeling like you're totally wasting your time, or you have no idea what to really post. You hear you should be doing hashtags, but they're not really making sales for you, so you're just sitting there feeling very confused. You hear people talking about all the time monetizing their audience and making thousands of thousands of dollars, even if they've got less than a thousand followers, yet you're like, show me the receipts because I'm not seeing those results for my business. So I feel you, I have been there and so many of my clients have been there. In fact, I've trained over 65,000 people in Instagram. So this training is going to completely change the game for your life and business. I have seen enough people go through these trainings that I've seen every kind of situation and I know what is possible for you. So this challenge is going to work best for you if you're an online service-based entrepreneur, consultant or coach, or you're wanting to be one. So you can either come armed with a ready-made business or an idea and I will get you started on the path to profitability making money on social media doesn't need to be hard and if you're willing to put in the work and dedication I'm going to bring the strategy and everything else so head to bossbabe.com forward slash insta challenge to sign up and save your space I will see you on the 31st of August that's bossbabe.com forward slash insta challenge it's all one word and the link is also below in the show notes so go save your space right now and I will see you on the 31st of August
1: Welcome to the Boss Babe Podcast, Diana. I am literally so excited about this interview today because I feel like you have crammed an awful lot into your life so far and I'm really, really excited to talk about it all.
0: I'm so grateful to be here. I'm such a fan of the pod and I love talking about things like this. So thank you for having me.
1: I love it. Well, in this interview, I really want to talk about your current business, Crown Affair, and how you came up with the idea for it and how you raised But first of all, I really just want to take you back to the beginning of your career because you've actually worked at some pretty impressive startups. And I'm really curious as to whether you have always wanted to start your own business or whether this was something that kind of was inspired because of the companies that you previously worked at.
0: Yeah. So to take it back from the way, way beginning, I grew up in a really small town in South Florida and I always had a craving to move to New York. I think a lot of people have that feeling Mm -hmm. in their gut. So I was pretty headstrong on going to school and university here and came to New York and moved here to go to NYU. When I moved here, I just passionate about art and design and fashion. And I was in high school in like the late 2000s. The beginning of the internet was happening. And I think the way that we know it now, and I was really loved Tumblr would spend so much time on Tumblr. A lot of digital publications were starting to launch like who, what, where, and it was a really exciting time, I think but it wasn't totally fleshed out yet. And when I came to New York, the dream job, you know—you do internships. I interned at Valentino at smaller CFDA-like companies like Tacoon. And I just thought that I wanted to work at Vogue and be at Condé Nast. But (laughs) after going through all those experiences over four years during school, I had a moment. It was actually, I was interning at Tacoon in the wholesale department. And I remember it was the year that Moda Operante launched. And They were Lawrence Santo Domingo. Everyone came in. We were doing a photo shoot. And I just remember being this entire wholesale team be gone soon. The way that retail is operating is totally changing. So when I actually came into college, I thought there'd be certain jobs and certain roles that I might go into post-graduation, but the world was really changing. And I was so grateful to kind of have that hands-on experience, the responsibility level of an intern, but see that happening in real time. And my last internship in college I just reached out to this girl who had a site that I had. It was basically a blog and I loved the profiles and interviews on them. And there were like maybe 10 articles on it. And it was Emily Weiss when she first started Into the Gloss. And it was her and Nick Axelrod, who was a really remarkable boss eight years ago and now has his own line. And it was a really small team and you do everything there. I was doing editorial production. So transcribing interviews, setting up our social channels. To put this in perspective, Pinterest was almost more important than Instagram that. And Instagram was such a baby <laughs> in what it was. It was a really incredible experience. And to me, that opened up my eyes to storytelling in a way to really understand education and how people could talk about a product or thing or reference. And then on the other side of the world or wherever in their bedroom could see and discover that product and make a purchase and then use it and talk about it. And it was really direct ecosystem of audience members and customers and women and men who were really, really passionate about beauty. So I'm I'm so grateful to have kind of seen the early days of that. And when I was interning and then working there, I met a woman at a party for actually one of my former bosses. So it's always good, as you know, to keep in touch and keep relationships and this woman's name was Era Katz and she lives in LA. She still does. She's been in LA for I think almost fifteen years. And she had a website called Style It was a bigger umbrella beach mint, but it's Style Mint with Ashley, and Mary Kate Olsen, and Jewel mitt with Kate Bosworth. And I met her, and she—it was kind of the beginning of vertical, you know, D 2 C e-commerce. And they paired it with celebrities. And I was just so fascinated. And we met at a party. She's like, "I'm going to hire you one day." I never thought I'd hear from her. I'm like, "You're so cool and live in California. I'm never going to see you again." And she called me and she really gave me the role at this company called Spring, which transformed my life and really got me into the consumer behavior funnels, understanding e-commerce and mobile commerce in a different way. That was really the birth of kind of a lot of the direct consumer brands that we know it, like Warby Parker and Harry's and Everlane and Reformation. And I think I had always, to answer your question, my dad's an entrepreneur and I've been so fortunate to grow up around people who are excited to take risks. I only have a lot of friends and people in my life who are excited to try something new and aren't afraid to fail. And I think the experience that I had in college was really eye-opening to see that this would have been a really amazing inflection point to take a chance and maybe not go to a traditional bigger business or brand or publication, but go work at somewhere like Into the Gloss or go work somewhere like Spring. And those two experiences in particular are such a huge part of my DNA today. And we're proof that how important it is about who you work with, not necessarily what you're doing that moment, Mm -hmm. because that's how you learn and grow.
2: Let's take a minute to talk about one of my favorite educational platforms, Masterclass. I have been referring back to this platform for years, and I love that you can simply log in and take inspirational classes from world-class coaches, no matter where you are. every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee so there's no risk and right now our listeners will get an additional 15 percent off an annual membership at masterclass.com boss babe get 15 percent off right now at masterclass.com boss babe masterclass.com boss babe
3: the other day the team and i were talking about how much our audience loves biohacking and whenever we release content based around creating better habits for our lifestyle and health you all seem to really soak it up and request more so I wanted to share about our podcast sponsor Prolon today because I've never seen a company like this. Prolon is a revolutionary plant-based nutrition program that nourishes the body while making cells believe that they're fasting. There are so many strategic benefits to fasting and Prolon helps you hit these goals without actually needing to fast. Prolon's five-day program includes snacks, soups, and beverages all designed to keep your body in a fasted state. And you get everything pre-packaged, labeled, and ready to go so there's no guesswork. It's super simple and it works. Extended fasting of at least two to three days has proven to produce unique benefits like cellular rejuvenation, metabolic support, and increased cardiovascular health. So if you're ready for a fasting program that doesn't leave you hungry or exhausted, and instead gives you more energy, I highly recommend giving Prolon a try. Right now, Prolon is offering Boss Babe podcast listeners 10% off their five-day nutrition program. Go to prolonlife.com bossbabe. That's P-R-O-L-O-N life.com slash boss babe for this special offer, prolonlife.com slash boss babe.
1: I really, really believe that too because I think that when you're in school, you have this emphasis on like, oh, what do you wanna be when you grow up, right? And you're picking an occupation. And actually when you get out into the world and you're kind of like, well, hang on a minute, this job might say this, but I actually do all these Other things and particularly this happens in startups, right? You kind of alluded to it earlier. You kind of go into one role, but when you're in startups, you're getting experience in so many different sectors, and you're able to be against some amazing minds because the teams are so small that there is so much power in that. And I can really see how that influences you and influences the way you think. That's certainly what happened to me, right? Because I went in, like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be a chiropractor, and then completely (laughs) got to that point and grew my businesses there. And I was like, actually, there's so many other things that when you're on the ground. You learn and actually growing or your career does not have to be linear and it can really take in so many different directions. But I'm a big believer in you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And so I think understanding those choices on really picking people. And we actually do this in our business, right? We hire people a lot of the time on their attitude because we can teach them a lot of things and we're always moving really quickly. And I think that's what really happens when you're looking for a job as well. Like you should be looking to go like, what is the attitude and the culture of the company? Like who do I want to be surrounded by? Because that really does what shapes the rest of your career. This is something that a lot of people do get, but also a lot of people miss that.
0: A hundred percent. And it's funny, people will reach out and ask, what about this job? What about this opportunity? It could be a bigger company, the L'Oreal or wherever, all the way to a small startup that is just getting its foundations on the ground. I think it's all about what you personally want to. For me, it was very apparent in those first experiences how truthfully addicted I am to having like a direct impact. And I think if you're someone who's more suited for structure, you really want that separation and balance, then a bigger company could be great. For me, it was, I love being on the ground and seeing everything and you're doing all of the little things and there's no job description. And that's why it's so important for both sides. How you reach out to someone is so important, what that relationship and connection is, even before you might be hired or hiring someone. That gut attitude and energy is what is going to take you through something so much greater together over time
1: yeah 100 so you've obviously launched crown affair and you launched that in january of this year right
0: yeah the last week of january
1: <laughs> timing and yeah. we'll come to that in a second but tell me like what it was how did you get that idea what role were you in and how did you make that leap to go do you know what now is the time i'm going to build my own business
0: yeah. Okay. So just to take you through the journey, was working at Into the Gloss and then was working at this mobile shopping app called Spring. And we had over 500 brands on the platform and it was so cool to be able to connect and meet with all these different founders who had different products and ideas and brainstorm with them on how to understand their consumer funnel and bring their product to life to people. And on the other end, it was mostly an engineer led team. So it was 80 engineers and a couple marketers. And that's when I just fell in love with working on products and understanding how people might go through this journey. And since working at Spring, I've worked with like a range of different businesses from all on the consumer side, which was one of the first employees at the luggage company away. And it's crazy at the time when we launched that there were a number of other competitors in the space and like how you really craft that narrative and bring a bigger purpose and mission to your self identity and what travel means to you is so much bigger than just a suitcase and
1: yeah
0: 100% yeah and I was able to do that with a few other brands i was connected with Tamara Mellon who casually founded Jimmy Choo and is a legend when it comes to branding and for her she sold Jimmy Choo i think back in 2013 and had wanted to work on a project that was her own and i was connected actually through my mentor era and former boss and Just sitting with her and figuring out how to bring her visual literacy and identity to life in a digital way as a direct-to-consumer luxury shoe company was one of the coolest challenges of my life. She's such a legend, I think, having built a shoe empire in the 90s and 2000s. But then how do you take what's there and really translate that to our present-day customer? And since then, I've worked with Outdoor Voices, which is an activewear company in Austin, which grew exponentially during my time there. It was really incredible to see that shift activewear as a category has been so focused on yeah. harder, better, faster, stronger. And I think Ty and her mission are just really resonate with their community. When working with Harry's, we launched Flamingo, which is their women's line. And that was really cool because we got to touch a lot of retailers too at a much more national scale. So working with the targets of the world, which was really eye opening just to understand. It was amazing to see that. And I, was traveling a lot, uh, namely to Austin. And a couple things kind of hit me while I was the last two years of consulting. One, my hair was starting to kind of like take a little bit of a beating. I was traveling and I would show up at a hotel and If you really care about your skincare, for example, you're never just going to like show up at a hotel and be like, I hope they have my serums here or whatever it is. This is so true. (laughs) I know where you're going with this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and I'm like, how am I not bringing my shampoo and conditioner and my hair mask, my special hair towel? One time I was traveling to Iceland and I left a brush somewhere and I like, it was my Mason Pearson brush. No one around me was understanding why I was so upset that I lost my like $250 hairbrush. I always really put time and care into my hair for years and this traveling so much made me realize how important having that ritual and routine was for the health of my hair and I started having conversations with friends you know people would always ask me what's your routine what are you using I have no idea what to do truthfully the most incredible accomplished women in my life had no idea where to begin with their hair or felt super disempowered by their relationship to it and for me it was really a nights and weekends project of, can I take all these products that I love that are prohibitively expensive? For example, a $250 hair rush is not always in the reach for everyone, or even an $80 hair mask or a $100 hair oil. I think this specific category where there's been so much democratization around skincare and color cosmetics, it hasn't really happened with hair care. It's always really been rooted in professional and styling and cut and color. And I just knew that there was a woman out there like me who wanted really beautiful luxury products and tools and clean formulas that would be simple to integrate into her routine and elevate that experience and reconnect her with her hair. So I had my first samples and gifted them to friends and friends of friends to get feedback. So that's where Crown Affair started. It was a year and a half ago and I was still full-time consulting.
1: What I think though, as well, and I was doing a little bit of research as I always do on people who are coming on the show and to discuss this in more detail. And what really stood out to me when I was reading, where you actually started like talking to your, like you say your friends about it, and didn't you create like, a document that people were <laughs> adding things to? Because what I feel is I'm noticing with yourself is you know you've worked with these huge brands that really started to understand how like brands tell a narrative to connect to a consumer, and you've just done that perfectly just now talking about Crown Affair. Because I'm literally like oh my goodness, I really do need to think about my hair routine. I don't really have this hair ritual, but why don't I? I look after my face, so why don't I look after my hair as much, but I want to? And actually, even now, like moving to LA, I've really started to feel my hair changing, which is really interesting. But I think that there's actually like, that's a real talent and something that a lot of people miss connecting the dots. So how did you go from going, hang on a minute, I'm doing these things on my hair? Like, how did like, what do those conversations with your friends look like to realize that there was a gap in the market for this?
0: Yeah. Connecting the dots is where the magic happens, I think. (laughs) So it originally started as a Google doc. I had friends asking about what products I was using. So I put together a document with the 12 things that I do really focused on the post-wash ritual that I have to take care of my hair. And Two things became very apparent. First, the, the price point thing, but most importantly, there was no guidance around this. No. A lot of the content around hair care, it had a 45 minute YouTube video or how to get Chrissy Teigen's ponytail at Coachella. And I'm, dude, yeah. I'm just trying to go to a meeting and look good on a Tuesday. Yeah. And it was totally organic conversations. In my first investor deck, I had. 10 text messages from truly impressive, amazing women (laughs) that were like, D, what are you using? What is this thing? You mentioned that towel. I need to not use this towel. I can't believe I'm using 100% cotton towel on my hair. I'm noticing so much more frizz and breakage. And it was truly organic conversations and giving people feedback and hearing how their journeys were evolving too along the way. And then being able to provide them with our product, the first prototypes, and see their hair transform was the most magic thing. And I do think talking to people and having real conversations and knowing that they might be your friends. So take it with a grain of salt. And I do think it's really important to do focus groups and things as you start to develop product. But at the end of the day, when you're launching something, you have to go with your gut. And a number of people, if more than 20 people are like, I can't believe I even thought of this or start thinking about it. I think that there's a pretty good indication that there's an opportunity in the market to build that story and tell something different
1: oh completely and honestly when I was reading up and even just this conversation now the cotton towel thing oh my goodness I need to learn more about this <laughs> I really do think my hair is pretty wild people who obviously our, our community will know my hair is definitely <laughs> I have thick hair and it's just a little bit crazy <laughs> it definitely needs taming so I'm, okay note to self must be looking up some more of these rituals <laughs>
0: We'll
1: and I think you. So no. many women, that's it. So many women are going to be like this. But I just think it's really important that you say, you're connecting those dots, you're listening to people. But okay, now, now I'm really going to investigate this a little bit more. Like I've got my Google Doc, people are saying they want this. What did you do next? How did you even go about going, okay, this is what I want in my products?
0: Well, the first thing, and I think the moment I really knew that I wanted to do this and potentially build, launch it into the world and not just do it as a nights and weekends project was having worked on a range of consumer brands, there's always competitors in this space. And I'm very much of the mindset that we're all in this together, whether you're selling a mattress or a suitcase or a pair of glasses. At the end of the day, the mission here with consumer products for new brands is to disrupt these larger industries. We're truly all in this together. But when I was working at those companies, I'd always look at what other people were doing. I'd wake up and be like, what's Nike doing? What's Adidas doing? Or what's this? And this was the first time in my life that I was looking at what other hair care brands were doing. And I'm like, no one's doing this right. I'm not connecting to any of these brands. They're either rooted in professional, rooted in salon, rooted in fashion, or so corny, all the bright color and and the quality of ingredients wasn't there. So that to me, when I finally realized I was feeling that every morning, I was, I have to do this. And then a couple things, I think the things that were so simple and foundational to my ritual, like a hairbrush, like a really high quality towel, like a beautiful comb that you felt proud of is what people hadn't really thought about. They might've done a little bit of research or understood what shampoo and conditioner worked for them, but I truly want everyone to have access to a luxury quality hairbrush that isn't just from the drugstore. And I want people to understand what ingredients are in their hair oils and that those companies out there, the lead ingredient in hair oil is cyclopentasiloxane, which is a cyclic silicone. And I'm here for really mindful chemicals. And I think like a junk elephant has done this really well. It's not all chemicals are bad. They're just not all created equal. So for me, I knew that I wanted to launch with a very tight focused edit of the things that almost anyone could seamlessly integrate into their ritual. And also I think Coming from consumer, you realize how important the visual literacy of a product is in people's lives, right? If you're posting in a way suitcase, it's like, yes, it's the suitcase, but it's also the customer self-identifying that they're someone who travels and that means something to them. And I think hair care and as a category, it's really been in the shadows and in the bathroom. Literally, it's just most bathrooms are physically dark places. Having worked on Flamingo with Harry's, it was just so eye-opening that It's really hard for people to kind of connect and tell that story. And also shampoo conditioner as a product, I just did not think there was enough education out there for people to really understand why and how our product is different. And to change consumer behavior, you need to integrate physical things into your that are reminders of how you move through the world. So that's why I was really want these beautiful plant cellulose based combs from Switzerland. So the women in my life can have that in their bag or on their counter and they are using it in the shower to really comb through their product or reminding themselves before bed brush your hair to move the natural oils i think that if it's just stuck in your shower and you're not really proud of it it's hard to change your behavior
1: okay so i hope you enjoyed this episode so far please stay tuned as we share a bit of info about who sponsored this episode this episode is brought to you by soul cbd Now, I want to share a little bit about my favorite CBD line, because if you've been following Boss Babe for a while, then you know how much we love Soul CBD. I actually personally discovered it a while back. And one of my favorite products is the Calm Capsules and the Strawberry Gummies. Now, I actually started taking CBD quite a while ago to help me with stress and trouble sleeping at times. And I started getting into the habit of eating two of their strawberry gummies right before bed. And it's really helped me get amazing sleep. Not only do I sleep better, but I also wake up feeling calm, rested, and really ready to take on the day. And the other thing that I love about their gubbies is, I'm not joking, they taste like sweets. They literally taste amazing. Also, another reason why I love the brand is Soul CBD products are actually grown in the US. They're organically farmed and gluten-free. And in addition to all of that, all of their products contain zero THC and are tested by a third party lab. So I really just wanted to pop in here and say that if you have any issues with discomfort, stress, anxiousness, or trouble sleeping, I highly recommend you try this brand. So check out our episode notes to learn more about the products and access our 20% off promo code using BOSSBABE, okay? So that's 20% off all Soul CBD products using the code boss babe and we're back let's jump back into today's episode yeah 100% and I just love you kind of really telling that narrative and how you've thought about those products and the context in which you've thought about because it's all about like shifting it for a lot of people like you say before like my hairbrush like lives in my and I'm just gonna be completely honest and vulnerable yeah. here I do not have a decent hairbrush and now yeah. I'm right to buy one <laughs> So it's like just lives in my cupboard. Whereas, like you say, if you have one that's really practicing hair care ritual and noticing that that difference that makes, and that actually looks pretty too. Then it's going to start shifting that whole evening ritual, not just the hair care ritual, but your evening ritual and how you move into that. So I absolutely love that. And I think so many women listen to this are going to be like, oh, yeah, I definitely <laughs> need to be thinking about this. So, OK, uh, taking it back a little bit more business sense in the sense of like, OK, you've got the idea, you've like sourcing the products, you really understanding what's going into them. Let's talk about money, all right? I feel yeah. like sometimes there's a bit of stigmatism talking about money with women. And I want to just, we really love at boss babe, just lifting that and going, okay, how did you raise? What does that look like? How did you have those conversations? Was this the first time you created a pitch deck? Or were you a complete professional in it And you knew exactly what you were doing. <laughs> or did people help you? I would love for you to lift the lid on that because I think it's yeah. so important. Because I think it's a big thing, a barrier for a lot of people getting their ideas out there because it's, whoa, that's so crazy. That's so intimidating. I couldn't possibly raise money. Not me. And I to yeah. like, actually, you can.
0: Well, definitely not an expert. This is my first time raising money. It's my first time launching a business having been a part of launch teams before, this was the fourth launch. It's different when it's your baby. It's different just being an early employee versus you being the person who's going to these meetings and selling the vision. And I had put a little bit of my own money into it from a product development standpoint, which is why I was doing this when I was consulting. Every single dollar that I made when I was consulting, it was pretty much funneled back into developing product. And there was an inflection point where I realized that this product works and people love it. Order actually place orders. I genuinely thought I might be able to bootstrap it, and then the day comes where you're like, in order to hire the creative director I want, the head of operations I want, place these yeah. orders, you have to raise money. And the day that that switch kind of went off, I went to my existing network. Very candidly, having come from consumer and worked with a range of VC-backed startups, I had a lot of people to go back to and. There's one woman in particular who's a very dear friend and a mentor to me who has a baby food company in LA and she's a professional fundraiser. She's just amazing at doing this. And she's someone that I really look to as a resource, not only for connections for both investors and angel investors, but just by step of how to do this. And very tactically, I made my pitch deck and keynote I had a couple photos. We did a little photo shoot out in LA with the sample product that we had. A friend shot it. It was very low key, just so we had some visuals for the deck. And I put together a 10-page pitch deck about the vision of what isn't happening in the hair care space, the mission of shifting this ritual and consumer behavior to really take care of yourself and take your time and not out of frustration, but out of care and I think that plus the combination and the visual literacy, I am a big Pinterest person and I actually studied art history in college. And for me, the visual literacy of this universe is also what felt so different. It wasn't just another direct to consumer business branded by a lot of the same agencies. This was very much who I am as a person. And I think that that translated and you can totally design a deck on your own and keynote or PowerPoint and I think having key market stats, projections of where this can go, and some visuals and showing your community. And as I mentioned earlier, the text messages from women and the Google Doc, there is a proof of concept there. And I think having those cases of being, this is a real thing that could exist and it's not happening. That was everything. And we had one investor who decided to lead the round who was actually one of the first checks in Harry's. And we had a couple mutual people and to this day with three months after launch, I had a call with him this morning. He's one of our biggest supporters and advocates and was really helpful with getting our round together. And then fortunately, we have a lot of amazing angels and female founders in, in this round as well from Jackie Johnson of Create and Cultivate, Heidi Zach from Third Love, a lot of Shiza, who was the founder of Malala Project and the Malala Fund and is now the founder of Our Place and just some really amazing women. And It's incredible how supportive they've been, but I've been working for seven years. It's definitely not forever, but these are relationships that you build over time. And it's always really interesting raising money. I think it's an uncomfortable conversation, but as a founder with an idea, you have to go in knowing that you are giving people an opportunity to be a part of something so much bigger.
1: One hundred percent. I think they say you can have it as one narrative, like, "Oh yeah, I'm asking for money because I need this money," or like you said, you can turn it and be like, "Hey, I'm offering them an opportunity to be part of something which is actually going to positively impact other people's lives." And by raising, I'm actually going to be able to help more people and bring a quality product to so many people. And I think, particularly with what you were saying around yours, and you are know, really making sure that it doesn't contain nasty chemicals, because that's definitely something that I felt over the last few years in the beauty industry. Has definitely shifted, right? I have the Think Cap. I don't know if you've ever used that, which kind of tells you, breaks down, what's in products, that is shifting into hair. And it has been for obviously some time, but I think when you know, and all the, the women listening to this podcast are in very similar positions, we all want to serve, we all want to help. And when you know that and really embody that and go, actually, not only myself, but others a disservice if I don't find a way to launch this product or get this out there. And I think there's something really incredible about how you shift from a need and a want to actually, how can I help and how can I serve?
3: Absolutely.
0: I couldn't agree more. And specifically with that, I think to launch a brand in 2020, there's things that are table stakes from how you approach packaging and your philosophy on sustainability and where you can go to the quality of product. Like customers are really smart. And I think what was so interesting with fundraising, I think is Really, it's changed so much also since everything happening globally right now with the pandemic, but what it means to be a brand and build a business and grow. And I think so often we forget that product is first and foremost and having a quality product is what continues to build a loyal customer over time. But also just realizing that you always have to put the customer first. And the way that you could have launched a brand maybe seven years ago is really different from now. And we we're very candid with our investors. We want to make amazing product that people love, especially in a category where most of the brands are 12 shampoo skews and 12 conditioner skews. And it's the intention behind every product is so mindful and How we're building this is we're very much, we came from an era of unicorn valuations. It was the unicorn season the last 10 years. And now we're starting to enter the era of the camel and it's how do you be like (laughs) the camel and survive and build a real business and not just scale this off paid marketing and how you allocate your funds to product development. It's a whole ecosystem that when you're having these conversations with investors too, it's like dating and not all Mm -hmm. money is created equal. You really have to find the right partner who is, is aligned in the vision and roadmap for the years.
2: Oh my goodness, could
1: not agree more. Like you said, not all money is created equal. That is such a good quote, because it's so true. And when you're racing, I think that's really important to think about. It's like the strategic partners and what each person is bringing. It's just so powerful, but also like what they stand for and how you get on with them. And I've been very honored to meet some amazing people who have raised and exited from you know, their businesses end up being worth billions of dollars. And you hear different stories, those who have been so, so happy with those they've had taken investment from and worked alongside and then being real partners in it. And those who have found that their alignments had, were not the same and the ethos and what they stood for was not the same as what they stood for. And it's always really important to say, hey, no, I'm not going to take the money for the sake of it, but I'm actually going to choose people I want to be working with who have the same vision but also values as me is really really crucial to the longevity of you and your business
0: and that's that relationship
3: absolutely
0: and I also think having a mix of people who can really support to your point, bringing in strategic partners, bringing in people who can provide feedback and guidance have been operators themselves before or founders themselves before it's so often, I think it can feel like we're not on the same team with investors or agency partners or whatnot. But it's going into this with a very strong partnership mindset. I and mean, being if we win, we all win supporting each other. And that really just comes down to the values.
1: I love that. So what have you been, obviously you launched in January and then we had quarantine that hit in March and obviously we're recording this, we're still in quarantine. What have been the biggest kind of learning curves for you over the last since launch or even just before launch? What are the things that you're like, wow, there have been some real learnings that I'm going to take with me?
0: Yeah, like everything, <laughs> like everything, literally everything. First, I'm so grateful. Who knew? I had no, no one who could have planned this, but I'm really glad that we did launch just pre all of this to be able to meet with editors and have face to face interactions and bring the product into the world and. When I launched this, it's always been about the 60 to 90 days beyond the salon chair. I'm all about health in a very holistic way. I'm here for a really good blowout. I love going to my stylist. But there's kind of this time between those moments that you're, quote, doing your hair, that you just want to take care of it and nourish it. And none of us could have predicted that people wouldn't have access to going to their salon or their stylist or getting it colored right now. And for the first time, I have friends who are, I didn't even really know that my hair was curly or that this ingredient isn't good for low porosity hair or that I should just be using a more gentle towel. It's even really simple things that I think now that we are for those who can be home, now that we're at home and really faced with the reality of how to take better care of ourselves, it's really opened up a whole world for us and having that conversation with our community. On the business side as a leader, we made a pretty senior hire the week before the stay at home order went down and she's amazing she like launched milk makeup in the early days and was at teen vogue and w and she was most recently at activewear company girlfriend and we had two days together in the office physically of like sitting there before we could stay at home so i'm so glad we ended up going with someone more seasoned for that role because i think the hiring process is really hard to do right now and understanding how to grow your team and how do you recreate those moments digitally that aren't just a scheduled meeting. There's a lot of tools that are wonderful to use, but those early day moments as a business and team that just you have organic side conversation and really good things happen. So we're a small team right now of five, but we're really learning into how to keep those moments alive and make sure we're supporting each other and and continue to strategically grow the business and connect with people with how they're taking care of themselves at home.
1: Mm, I love that. Um, it's funny because Natty and I actually just released a podcast the other day, um talking about the importance of connect communication. Because right now, Natty and I, obviously business partners, we're also living with each other because I moved out to LA. <laughs> we're like, okay, let's just live together while we're in quarantine, which has been so much fun, actually. But we really stressed that was the key thing, and the, we were doing on the podcast was like the importance of communication, and I think always just being really open and honest with people, whether they're colleagues or whether they're close from business partners or investors and just the power of that and I think that during this quarantine it's really tested a lot of people's communication skills how you ensure that you know if you're not in the same office how do you communicate efficiently how do you communicate in an effective way and if there's something that's going to come out of this as well allowing businesses and colleagues to see actually how they can interact with each other better and maybe when they're not actually physically together but how that can translate over you know zoom calls or slack messages or whatever the is the that the company is utilizing, but just how important that is as a soft skill to helping the culture and therefore helping grow the
0: business. Absolutely. And it's been so interesting. I'm reading a book right now called Friendship by Lydia Denworth, is who it is. And it's about how it's essentially how relationships are one of the most important things for our health. And you're super mindful about maybe being active or what you're eating, but we don't treat or business and really focusing on your career goals and setting milestones. and But we don't always think about friendship or communication in the same way. And I think that this time at home has really empowered us for those who are realizing that you should treat friendship the way that you treat and relationships the way that you treat everything else that you have goals for in your life. You should be checking in on people and maybe a regular one-on-one with a team member is actually asking how they are. It's not just like running through a list. And I think yeah. this time has really challenged us in a good way to figure out new ways to communicate and check in on each other and to your point, have more honest and vulnerable conversations and realize it's okay to not always be okay or always be performing and on, but have honest conversations about how to grow right now.
1: Yeah, I love that. Uh, Brenny Brown always says like vulnerability is a strength, which I think is really important for everyone to be like, say, hey, actually I could do a little bit more support over here right now, which I think is super powerful. But honestly, Diana, this interview has been absolutely amazing. I feel like there's not only so many business takeaways, but also hair care tips as well. I feel everyone's (laughs) going to be Googling crown affair. Okay, what does my ritual and routine need to look like? I need this in my life ASAP.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, it's so funny. I mean, for me, hair is such a key part of identity and I so often it's really holistic the way I think about my hair or skin or care for other my career or my loved ones. It's a part of the whole ecosystem, having rituals. And now more than ever, I'm sure you're seeing this, especially moving to a new city, the structures and rituals that you create in your life right now are, I think, what really changes the way you move through the world, especially when we can't go out or have moments or visual milestones to understand how we're growing. These rituals and whether that's something as simple as seeing your hair transform over the next few months or a ritual like journaling or whatever it is, we need these markers right now more than ever to see the evolution. 100%
1: well listen thank you so much now I would love for you to let our listeners know where they can kind of find out more about you and your brand
0: yeah so on the crown affair front you can check us out on instagram or crown affair and all of our handles are the same there and crownaffair.com we have a really cool actually we just launched this content series called top of mind and actually a mentorship program as well which we launched it last week it's a mentorship program pairing people just graduating from college and more seasoned entrepreneurs and business women. And there's a lot more coming on the site. So definitely check it out there and on Instagram. And then I'm just Diana Cohen on Instagram. And there's a couple of pieces that profile this journey, but please like DM me. I love truly part of our DNA as a business is having conversations like this and supporting other women and people on their career journeys, especially in a time where on one hand, I think it can be really scary right now. On the other, there's so much coming to light. And I think that this moment can be a catalyst for any ideas that you have. So please shoot me a DM either on Crown Affair or Diana. I love talking about hair. We could talk about hair for days, but <laughs> also anything entrepreneurial or a few questions as you build your business, we are all navigating new territory for the first time. So I'm here to chat.
1: I love that. Thank you so much. Yeah. Please share your takeaways. Tag Diana Cohen. Um, and it's always good to point out it's two N's in Diana. Yes. And tag myself at Danielle Canty and tag at BossBay.inc. And we cannot wait to hear your favorite takeaways from this episode. So thank you so much again, Diana. Absolutely
2: amazing. Thank you, Danielle. This
0: was so fun.
2: If you loved this episode, please subscribe, download a few more and please leave us a review. I really want to hear what you enjoyed, what your main takeaways were and I also want to know what you want to hear us talk about next. To say thanks for leaving us a review, we'll send you a copy of the Boss Babe 25. The Boss Babe 25 is the 25 essential resources you need for personal and professional growth. It covers everything from our favorite rituals, books, and hacks. If you want a copy, just leave us a review, screenshot it, and send to podcast at bossbib.com. We will then email you a copy ASAP. And since we love Instagram, you can go to the hashtag #TheBossWebPodcast and find our latest post and leave a question in the comments. We love reading through the comments and we'll make sure to answer it on our next podcast.